Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hopecast, a podcast based out of Hope Church in Richmond, Virginia. My name is Katie Nielsen, and I'm joined by our senior pastor, David Dwight. This is where we have real conversations about faith and life in under 30 minutes. And today, our topic is about being known. And it came out of, um, I don't know, I'm telling the whole world. This is kind of like a dream, David. I it came went, out of a skydiving I went experience. skydiving, everybody. I went skydiving. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's like kind of a joke in the airplane hangar is Tim McGraw there. But yeah, it came out of um, thinking about and truly skydiving. You are um, bound to a person, thank mm. goodness, when you um, decide to fall out of a plane. You don't jump. You fall. You literally get pushed out of a plane. Mm. So um, the person... This first time you've ever done it? First time I've ever done it. Have you so ever done it? No. So you're harnessed like to this, your yes. instructor, right? Yes. And it's all Are you doing very... this because Wes Peterson did this yeah. like yeah. two months ago? That was like the genesis of it was uh, Stephen and I had seen, and Jules is a good friend, his daughter, skydiving. And uh, we were all like, we should do it. We okay. should do it. Let's... Why not? And then... Um, Stephen asked my husband, Nate, and Nate was like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Stephen Wagner? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, wait, Hope that was... Children's Ministry, Stephen Wagner? Yes. I was like, that was way too easy. Okay, I guess we're doing it. And then we signed mm. up, and we had 60 days, mm. and then it was Saturday. We went last Saturday. Wow. Yeah. So... What, like, what altitude is the plane when you take your leap? Yeah. Um, 14,000 feet. Okay. Yeah. So... Pretty high up there. You, it's a fifteen-minute plane ride up, and you, um, when you're riding, you think, "Oh yeah, we're kind of high. Yeah, this is pro- we're probably getting close. Mm. That's what your brain thinks. Mm. We're probably high enough." Mm. And then you look at the you know cool little altimeter, and you're at six thousand feet. Mm. You're like, "Oh, we have to go over double this mm-hmm. high." So. Um, but an incredible experience. Um, if you're on the fence about skydiving, you can come find me at Hope Church. I'll all tell right. you all about it. Okay. And I'll com- try to convince you to go skydiving. Where, I mean, you're in the Richmond area somewhere yeah, when you did Orange, this? Orange, Virginia. Okay. We went over to Orange, Virginia. Beautiful. It was a beautiful day. It's like a little west of here, out yeah. toward Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. about an hour away. So Wow. Yeah, so we went and met my tandem partner, Chris, who, you know, you're bound to, your life is dependent on him, and he jokes back that, you know, his life is dependent on me because I pulled the chute, <laughs> which is wild. You're the one. He, I was the one that pulled so the parachute. So he's like, pull it now? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. There's do you have, whole, like, headsets, or do you no, just, you just can hear yell, each other? you can hear each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you're that close to each other. Uh-huh. So, but that's nice, because when you get in the plane, you're thinking, like, oh, yeah, we're not, what is this going to feel like? And then you get strapped in, and you're like, oh, yeah, we are together. We mm. are a unit. Um, and you kind of, it subsided my, like, kind of worry, like, oh, yeah, his he's thinking about his life. And yeah. my life is bound up. So yeah, if yeah, he okay. will want to survive, which means I will as well. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those where, you know, you're chatting with him. He's kind of telling you how to put on your harness. This is what you do. You're going to kick your legs over the side of the plane, and then we're just going to head back and fall out. And then you're, I mean, immediately you're walking to the plane. It's almost that immediate. But then, you know, you're like, I am who I am. So I like to talk to people. Um, I like to hear about them a little bit more. And it struck me because I just said, oh, yeah, tell me more about jumps and things like this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got into skydiving because I'm sober. 
I was like, oh, wow, okay, tell me more. It's a little bit of my story, too. And then he was like, yeah, so what do you do? And sometimes I'm met with, it's, I know it just is like a, uh, feels like an occupational hazard of like, do I say I'm a pastor? Mm -hmm. Do I say I work with teenagers? Do mm -hmm. How do I do it? Because it can either put a wall up mm -hmm. or it can be neutral. Mm -hmm. or can kind of open up a space. And this part was it was kind of like an opening of a space. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor for um, teenagers mm -hmm. um, down in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, man, I'm sorry I said all those words to you that had four letters. And I was like, oh, no, we all good. Not uptight about it, you know, mm -hmm. try not to take ourselves too seriously um, where we're from. And he was like, oh, that's cool. And then he just starts talking, David about his experience. He said, you know, I believe in God. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. tell me about that. How old a guy is this? Um, he's probably um, in his late 40s. Okay. Yeah. And he's made 15,000 jumps in his life. And 15,001. I know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, but I was just struck by how he just wanted to tell his story. Mm -hmm. I then learned about his son, um, who has autism, his like mm. heart for his family. Um, and this is all within a span of like a six minute walk plane ride up to where we're about to fall out of a plane. Mm -hmm. And the person next to that was bound to Nate, the, his tandem partner, my husband, Nate, was like kind of joking. They're kind of they're trying to ease your kind of worry in the plane. So they're just kind of chit chatting and they're like, yeah, the plane is more dangerous than skydiving. And you're like, mm. OK, okay. Um, but then he said, kind of as a joke, yeah, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? The and other guy said that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like one of those, you know, funny things like, um, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of do. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, oh, word, me too. And then all of a sudden he pulls out his cross necklace and he starts talking about his faith and how it's connected to him skydiving. And he's like, yeah, it's one of the biggest things how I rely is I know um, in the sky, it's just me and him. Mm -hmm. Ten seconds later, doors open. Everybody's moving out. Here we go. Here we go. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm struck by the whole experience of skydiving. But that those two moments felt like um, kind of odd to me. Like, what? Mm -hmm. uh, they felt not part of like the normal regimen. I'm like, do you tell Well, you all weren't your... expecting those yeah. categories <laughs> yes. to blend, yes. right? Yes, yeah. In your head, you're like, we're skydiving, and you got your head all down that lane mm -hmm. of how am I going to feel about mm -hmm. it. And lo and behold, what you got surprised with was basically like ministry moments. Yeah, yeah. Right? Somebody just starts talking to you. And, and of course, f this is a whole other topic. <laughs> Things that for one person are ordinary and for right. another person are not at all ordinary. Yes, yes. So these guys yeah. are like, I do this every day. Yeah. You're like, this may be the one time in <laughs> yes. my life I do this, yes. right? Yes. It's a little bit like surgeons. Like right. a surgeon right. goes to work and does four cases in a day. But for a person who's having the surgery, it might be the only time they've ever had it. Yeah, the gravity feels different to yes. them. Like this yes. was like a good, huge big good wave. word for oh, jumping yeah. <laughs> out of a plane. Way to go, You're Katie. Um, but then yeah. in that them. case, the gravity will be the same regardless <laughs> of how it feels. Well, yeah. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is you're surprised at how much these guys shared, yeah, right? Like absolutely. how much they told you about themselves. Yeah. Okay, and. I, um, I I can think of a, a lot of times when this mm -hmm. happens. Um, sometimes you have to be like, wait, David, pay attention to the moment here. Mm -hmm. You have to shift gears. You yeah. were thinking down this road. Your head was in this direction. 
And God may be inviting you to a meaningful connection with this person right here, right? So that's like a gear shift. Yeah, where you're like, I'm at the food line trying to buy waffle cones. Totally. And someone walks up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if people know that you're a pastor, now in today's world, for some people that might be um, they hold in low regard or they're not Mm -hmm. a fan. I think for many people, there is still a a kind Mm -hmm. of a positive sense and maybe even a sense that you may be someone they can trust a little bit more with mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. something that tells you a little bit more about them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we often will can find ourselves in this kind of situation. But I think what we're getting at, I think as human beings, we have a deep desire to be known, yeah. right? And I think that it's not just for us who may have the occupation of pastor that gets the opportunities to maybe hear someone's story. Right. Like I think about my mother who um, she would say all the time, um, yeah, people, when she checked out a food lion, the cashier would tell her some like maybe heavy stuff or it would surprise her as well. Like, oh, you just told me that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if there's people who are listening who feel like, oh, yeah, that feels true to me, too. Like, all of a sudden I get put into a situation where, oh, I get surprised. You told me that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a real opportunity that um, God is up to something in this. Yeah, and um, I had a I had an interesting kind of time. Uh, it was right after Christmas time, and I was praying about some stuff. And I had this sense when I was praying, and I was thinking about some people, and I had this sense when I was praying, um, one step more. And this idea of one step more began to grow for me, and my sense of it was in communication and conversation with people, just try one little step Mm -hmm. more, not invasively, but just almost like a little offer of more conversation. And you'll know by how a person responds to that, whether you want to keep moving toward one step more. So you just throw out a little comment, and it could be very innocuous, or that it could open up a lot for mm-hmm. a person. Do you so have an example? I do. Yeah. So we uh, got a new dog in the end of January. Guys, I've met this dog. He's the cutest. <laughs> he's fun. Clive. He's still chewing. Yeah. He's still chewing a lot, but he's fun. Um, so basically what happened was I made a phone call to a phone number of a breeder that I found on the internet. So I just call this number and this person's name was there. His first name is Jonathan. And I got a voice, you know, mail. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, Jonathan, my name's David Dwight, and I was curious to talk a little bit further about the dogs, mm-hmm. and I wondered if you could call me when it's convenient for you. I left him my number. So like four days later, he calls back. Now, I think I called him on like December 28th or 9th. Right, right. So about four days later, he calls back, and he said, I'm sorry I haven't called you back sooner. Mm. Uh, he said, um, our family's had a difficult Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. I have never met this person in my entire life. So he throws out, my family's had a difficult Christmas. So I've got this one step more in my head. Mm. So I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Mm. 
I said my experience here was my one step more. I could have just said, right. I'm really sorry to hear that. Now let's talk about the dogs. Right, right, right. So I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. My experience is perhaps if you're saying that somebody in your family mm-hmm. is having a hard time. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's all. Yep. That was my one step more. He could have said, you know, thanks. Yep, that's true. Now let's mm-hmm. talk about the dogs. Yeah. Okay. He went on to tell me that he, I don't know if he will ever hear this podcast, but I want to be quite sensitive (laughs) to it. He went on to say that they have a teenage son Mm -hmm. who took his life last fall. Mm -hmm. Oh, disheartening. We spent an hour on the phone and it was just Mm -hmm. conversation heart to heart. Mm -hmm. I have a bit of background with this, with a suicide in my family. Um, so he made a comment mm. and he said, well, he is buried in the cemetery of the same church where he was baptized. Mm-hmm. We hadn't talked about faith yeah. at all yet. Yeah. We hadn't gotten to anything mm-hmm. about faith. He said, well, he's buried in the cemetery in the same church where he was baptized. Mm. So I'm back to like one step more. So I said, Jonathan, it sounds like your faith is important to you. He could say yes or no, go wherever he wants. He responds, so we get deep into this conversation. Then it's about faith. Right. Um, Then I made a comment about the pain of suicide. Then he says to me, how did you know to say all that? (laughs) And I said, Jonathan... I happen to be a minister in a church, and I've had a suicide in my family, and I just want you to know that I feel this really deeply with you. Mm. He was crying on the phone, okay? We talked for about an hour. Elizabeth, my wife, she like walks into the room because she could overhear the conversation, and I think she's thinking, I thought you were calling a dog breeder. We were talking about the dog. Right. Right. So... It was an incredible conversation. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jonathan, maybe another day we can talk about dogs. I said, it feels like that conversation Mm -hmm. doesn't match up to the importance and the meaning of what we've just talked about. Well, anyway, he said, no, 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 it's okay. So he sort of insisted that we Mm -hmm. talk about the dog idea. Well, anyway, um, it was about a month later that we ended up getting a dog, meet him in person, just remarkable. So I think, like you're saying, we human beings have this deep desire to be known, to be understood. Mm -hmm. If we feel that revealing things can be done safely. Yeah, that's important. That that the person we're talking to can be trusted with what we might say to them. Yeah. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? That famous chapter about love is patient, love is kind. But he goes on to talk about how um, one day, with regard to God, I will fully know, even as now I am fully known. Mm -hmm. So he's, I think he's saying, God fully knows me. Mm -hmm. And one day, any distance between me and God and my knowing of him will be removed and I'll fully know God. But this idea of being fully known, yeah. I think human beings have a deep, deep desire for this. 
what can sometimes hold us back is a very common fear of rejection uh, or fear of dismissal or, you know, being belittled or thought not thought well of and so on. Um, so here's the thing, right? If if I ask you this question, Katie, if you right now had every single thing about your life revealed. Oh, boy. Buckle up, everybody. And yeah. you knew that you would only receive grace and love. Yeah. Would you want that? Mm. I think most of us would say yes. Yeah. But we would have this yellow flag, yeah, but I, I can't believe that all I would get is grace and love. Yeah, like who's given that to me? Right. Yeah, yeah. And we probably have, yeah, but if you knew about this or if you knew mm. this, you knew this pocket of my life or that whatever, this thing I've done or things I've done. So it raises this kind of protest. Yeah, I think about, um, I think my first gut question back would have would be like, how? Mm. how? How would there be that grace and love? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting, like to know from the scripture that God fully knows us. How do you think I can come as a believer, as someone walking in the faith and the journey to this realization that God knows me fully? Here's one of the remarkable things, right? He knows us, whatever the multiple is a thousand times more fully than we know ourselves. We think we know ourselves. Oh, I know everything I've done. I know my thoughts. I know what I've done wrong. God knows us a thousand times that. Um, So I have this little prayer book that I read occasionally, and it's a book of prayers by a person named John Bailey. And they're just ways that he says things sometimes in these Mm -hmm. prayers that get my attention. Not long ago, I read one of the prayers, and it started out, and it said, um, Oh God, who in sympathy and love sent your son Jesus Christ into the world to rescue us. And then it goes on with this prayer. And I just went back and I read it over and over again. In sympathy and love, you sent your son to rescue us. I think I don't know, a very high percentage of Christians think somehow it's like God did this rescuing thing, but he's still ticked off with us. In your anger and vengeance. You sent Jesus Christ to rescue us because you're so ticked off at us. And yes, you wanted to rescue us, but you're not happy about it. Right, right. Right? And so he says, in your sympathy Mm. and love, you sent your son Jesus. So he's alluding to the fact that God sees our condition, our smallness, our helplessness, our, let's say, powerlessness against the force of sin. And he feels a loving sympathy for our predicament. And in that love and sympathy, he sends Jesus to rescue us. So this to me goes like one step further. I think that people want to talk about religion and faith and personal things in similarly said, if they feel that it's a safe place to do it. Right. People say, you know, people aren't interested in religion anymore and blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Mm. I think people really, really want to talk about it. They're curious about it. They want to know more if they're not a religious person. Right. right. They're just afraid of like, you're going to belittle me or say I'm stupid or I don't know enough or whatever. Or even the um, pressure to have it right. 
You know, if you take that pressure away, like they've got to have it right. They've got to have it figured out. You know, many times I hear people like, well, I'm not so sure. But and I'm like, oh, you can. Right. Yeah, it's not a right. Years yeah. ago, I was overseas on a on a ministry related trip and we were on a college campus um, and we were in Asia. And this is like a atheistic environment. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with a college student, and the conversation turned to him asking me a couple of questions. And I said to him, um, do you have any belief in God? He said, no. And I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, just go with me. If there is a God who made everything, including he made you, and he loves you more than you could ever imagine, would you want to know that God? And this atheist college student in Asia said to me, of course, who wouldn't? Wow. Right? Yeah. Just, of course, who wouldn't? Right? Yeah, it feels like even those moments where you're, like, caught by these conversations, these that, like, wow, that feels like it came out of left field, and it feels a lot deeper, and it feels, like, connected to God, that people are wanting and open to a God that loves them. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to play host for a couple of minutes here. Okay. And just because I'm in a silly mood, I'm Let's going I'm going to tease the uh, skydiving analogy just for the fun of it, Let's okay? Do it. You ready? Yeah. All right, Katie. Yeah. Take a big leap. <laughs> I want to know why why do you mm. personally? Yeah. Do you have a desire to be known? Mm. Just straight up question. Taking it from yes. theory to and, reality. Um, I think the reality to be known it like terrifies me because it will reveal like the good parts, but also the bad parts, mm-hmm. and a deep um, maybe wound or fear I have is. Um, I will no longer be loved. Mm -hmm. So if you know this about me, Mm -hmm. I'll no longer be loved. Mm -hmm. It plays into friendships. It plays into my marriage. It plays into my parenthood. That will be why I hold back. Um, Is this like, well, how could you? Right? It has played into my faith. How could someone? But I will tell you, the moments I risk being known fully are the deep moments of healing and the deep um, embodiment of love. Mm-hmm. I've never felt love more fiercely, um, more surrounding, and I've never felt more dignity as a person than when it's kind of, yeah, like you said, all splayed out. And um, it's been first for me was stamped by Jesus saying, yeah, I'm still in. I'll, I'll still I'll still walk this life with you. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps getting reaffirmed. Um, my husband, Nate, is a beautiful man who does this for me, who keeps us like, yeah, that's on the table. Like, of course. And so it's the what completely terrifies me to be known. Like, I'll resist. Like, every part of me wants to... Um, hide it. But if I risk it, 
it is the place of deep connection with God, deep healing, mm-hmm. deep connection with people mm-hmm. um, that I love. And it, um, yeah, I think you said earlier to, um, again, go with the skydiving, it feels free. Mm-hmm. It does feel like, oh, all of a sudden I am not bound by anything and I am free to just go mm-hmm. um, and be. I want to use a skydiving analogy that's kind of silly, but it would it would reduce the um, <laughs> value and the depth of what you just said. Um, so I think when we read in Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28, mm. where it says, uh, God said, let us make human beings in our image, mm. male and female, he created them. This idea of being made in God's image, I think it has many branches to, like, what does that mean? One of the big ones is God has always existed in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, in perfect relationship. Perfect relationship means complete knowing of each other and complete loving of each other. This is God. This is our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is His nature. It's His being. It's His existence. Mm -hmm. So if we're made in his image, then it stands to reason to me that we have this desire for this full knowing and this full love. So you, I bet, have experienced this many times, and I have too. Um, From a ministry standpoint, if somebody comes to you and says, could I talk to you? I have something I'd like to talk about. Very often what happens is, Somebody will share something, let's call it relatively small with you, and they're seeing how you respond to it. Right. So they're sharing a small vulnerability mm-hmm. with lower risk. Yeah, test the waters. Test the waters. And if you receive that right. with sympathy and appreciation and care, yeah. then they'll say something a little more revealing, mm-hmm. a little bigger, a little riskier. But this, it's like a progression where they're testing, is it safe? And probably what you and I know is, if somebody said to you or said to me, could I, could I schedule time to be with you? I have something I want to talk about. It's, it's probably not a small, innocuous yeah. thing. It's yeah. probably a pretty significant thing. So most of the time, the person will start by throwing out something small. And they're testing to see, is this going to be a safe place for me to share something that feels much riskier and much more revealing? And, and if you get to those places, I'm telling you, so much beauty happens. Yeah. You use the word healing. Mm. I've had so many times in conversations, particularly with men, um, where you know a man will kind of share a little more vulnerability, a little bit more, and I kind of nod and I receive it with appreciation and then get into something deeper or talking about fear, right. something they're deeply afraid of, concerned about, and I acknowledge it with respect and validation. And I don't say a whole lot, but you know it. People yeah. will say, this has been so helpful to me. Because you heard a fear with validation and respect and love and grace. Yeah. And you validate a person when you say things like, thank you for sharing this with me. I really appreciate what you've shared, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's very valid and understandable. Yeah. Then people are like, 
you know, a week later, you get like a thank you yeah. note or an email that says, you know, what you said and that time I spent with you was so helpful. And really, all we did was offer uh, mm-hmm. validation and love mm-hmm. when somebody opened themselves with a risk. Yeah, it feels so um, almost there's like handlebars to that. Like, how do we help ourselves be known? How do we make uh, how do we practice this part of our faith of letting people be known and seen and loved? Mm-hmm. And it's this like one handlebar is the receiving and one handlebar is like the loving, like those two together will make the bike say stable and someone to feel safe enough to keep riding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and from there, the being known part is the, um, it's like the stuff of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. How about if we close, I'll just read this verse. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Thank goodness. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find the Hopecast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more information about Hope and what we do here at HopeChurchRVA.com.